Hello, everybody, and uh, I want to say welcome to the Christian Bible Study Ministry podcast. And uh, uh, I want to start this off, as always, uh, by saying that uh, I hope that you know that the Lord loves you. And especially if you are his, you know, you have uh, blessings that he has bestowed upon you. And that as his child, you are loved. And if you are not, uh, if you're not one of his, if you're not saved, then I would hope that um, either through this program or through some other source that you would be uh, enlightened and drawn by the Holy Spirit. Uh, to salvation in Jesus Christ. Um, today, we will be reading what is one of the most controversial passages in the Bible, and that is Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 through 39. And I admit uh, to studying this passage for probably... Uh, well, for uh, for a pretty long time, and it's something that has caused many people a lot of anxiety over the centuries, and uh, it is plain to see why. And uh, we will see that the text here is pretty strong in its uh, warning. <clears throat> Excuse me. One question I you know one question to be asked is to whom is the author talking? about you know who is he talking about is he talking about christians or is he talking about unbelievers and i think it will be obvious upon reading this you know we will find that the author is referring to christians the second question to be asked is exactly what is this passage referring to is it talking about salvation or is it talking about something else so we will start in chapter 10, verse 26. For if we sin willfully after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, uh, indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. And we will stop right there for this for just a moment, um, and we will go look at verse 26. You know, here the author is talking, or, or excuse me, here the author includes himself in, um, in the group. You know, he says, we... And, you know, sin here denotes something that is not just uh, uh, one sin, but it is something that is, it's like a pattern of disobedience. And the old, in the Old Testament, you know, there were sins which had no sacrifice, like adultery and murder and some other things. Uh, the guilty were stoned. They died without mercy. And uh, now we will pick up in verse 27. But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Verse 29. 
of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot, under, underfoot the Son of God, and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. Verse 30. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You know, imagine what someone about to be executed feels, you know, what, what do they feel like? You know, what, what is going through them? The people under the law of Moses had no mercy shown when guilty of certain crimes. Uh, since the covenant of Christ is greater, the punishment for stuff like this is greater. And we are told they, <clears throat> we are told they can expect only a harsh judgment from God, a fiery indignation that will devour the adversaries. Uh, now, how could the word adversary describe a Christian? Uh, I believe that when someone persists in going against what God wants for them, you know, it's like they've, <clears throat> excuse me, it's like they've put themselves uh, at odds with God, with their behavior. So they're still his uh, as we are, excuse me, as we are told it says here that the Lord will judge his people. We are to remember the holiness and thus the reverence and fear we are to have of God. When we are told, you know, and we are told he will recompense. And that is, and that it, excuse me, that it is a fearful thing to fall into his hands. We are judged by him and under his authority. So what this is saying is that somebody who is engaged in a certain uh, pattern of sin in their life, you know, it's like a uh, continuous thing, whatever it might be, they are going to... Uh, experience some very uh, harsh things in their life they can only expect that what the Bible says here is a fiery indignation the Lord will make his anger known and he, it says that he will recompense he will repay you know and elsewhere in the Bible we're told uh, I believe it's somewhere in Romans that uh, uh, the deeds of the Christian, the good and the bad, will be judged and uh, dealt with. So this passage here uh, makes it uh, more explicitly clear the seriousness of the Christian standing before Christ at the uh, judgment seat. You know, it's not going to be some uh, uh, how do I say it? It's not going to be a ho-hum experience. You know, it is going to be a very serious encounter. And so, and the Lord says he will recompense and that we all, we all should be 
fearful in a way that we are under his authority you know not you know not fearful as in like afraid like scared of him i guess maybe but you know we are to be mindful of the fact that he deserves our reverence and our respect and so if somebody has lived in a manner that is contrary to that then in that sense they can be fearful of the lord because they know that sooner or later there's going to be a harsh judgment coming down on them and uh, we will go now to verse start with verse 32 but call to remembrance the former days in which ye after ye were illuminated ye endured a great flight of fight of afflictions partly whilst you were made a gazing stock both by reproaches and afflictions and partly whilst ye became companions of them they that were so used for ye had compassion of me and my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance cast not away therefore your confidence which hath great recompense of reward for ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of god ye might receive the promise for yet a little while and he that shall come will come and will not tarry uh, the author encourages his readers uh, to keep on to keep on remembering the things they had accomplished they had suffered you know that they, they had suffered loss of property and other things and yet complain they didn't complain about it because they had better things awaiting them in heaven they needed and but they needed more patience and to be reminded that christ would come again they were to keep their confidence so they would keep on doing what they were doing and receive the rewards promised them we'll go to verse 38 now now the just shall live by faith but if any man draw back my soul shall have no pleasure in him but we are not of them who draw back into perdition but of them that believe to the saving of the soul this here is another section that's a section of this passage that uh people may possibly get hung up on in a way uh the righteous one lives by faith but if he draws back god has no pleasure in him this is you know it's just like when a child disobeys a parent you know they uh, uh the parent is not happy with the child and you know when they have to punish the child the parent is not happy about it they don't want to have to do these things but they do it anyway to try to correct uh, uh, their child and so the Lord will allow either allow or cause certain things to happen to people when they um, uh, when they in essence you know when they uh, draw back um, it's they can be doing things for God and for whatever reason they it's like uh it's like i heard jay Byrne mcgee say one time they're like a ship that takes in its sail they're not really going anywhere and so 
that's when the Lord has to step in and uh, try to issue some correction there. And the context here is one of rewards, I believe, or a lack thereof. The author is stressing, you know, he's stressing strongly the need to maintain fellowship with Christ so that they can receive uh, a great reward. You know, and it's it seems most of the stuff uh, you come across regarding this entire passage uh, says it's regarding salvation. But I think a careful reading of the text and a good uh, understanding of the word perdition will uh, kind of help shed some light on what is really being talked about here. Uh, it's a term that can, and in many cases in the New Testament, means ruin or, or waste. You know, the uh, I think a lot of people immediately associate it with damnation or, you know, eternal, uh, eternal ruin, uh, like as in being separated from God. And there are, uh, you know, and there, and there is a very good case for, you know, to say that uh, somebody who dies separated from Christ, in other words, they're lost, yes, they have suffered eternal perdition or eternal ruin because they're in hell. So, but uh, the word, the Greek word, I don't know how you pronounce it, but I have looked this up. It's not always associated with uh, damnation. It simply means ruin or waste. You know, those are two of the meanings that are, are attached to that word. And so, once you have that understanding, I think it can kind of help you to gain a correct understanding of what this passage is talking about. And in closing, I want to remark on the way people worry and have anxiety over this passage. You know, they worry over the thought that they have lost their salvation or whether they could. As we have seen, I think that the, uh, I think the interpretation that clicks the best is that what is being spoken of here is rewards and not salvation. Because I, do, I believe that in most of what we just read, uh, the encouragement that is given to the readers is to keep on, keep on. And why? So that they wouldn't lose the reward, so that they would uh, gain the promise, the things that were promised to them, which was the rewards. You know, we have to remember this, that um, eternal life is a gift. It's not a reward. A reward is something that you get for um, work. So it's not something that, you know, how do I say it? You are given a free gift of eternal life. But your rewards, and it's like your rewards in heaven are not free because you do have to sacrifice for those and you have to do things to get those. So, but your eternal life is free. It is a free gift. 
So, and, you know, that's what I think about this passage. And I know I probably am not the most eloquent speaker. I think I might have mentioned that on here before. Um, I do believe that this is a platform that God wants me to use to try to spread his word and try to explain his word. And I pray that, especially with messages like this one in particular, you know, I, I try to spend a lot of time in praying over what is being said because I don't want to have responsibility for misleading somebody. You know, it's a, it's a serious thing. And so I pray that um, if there is anything in here that I either need to add to it, you know, add to what I have said or, or even correct myself, then I pray that it would be sh that the Lord would show it to me in some way. And so, because we have to, because remember, we all have to stand before Him and give an account of what we've done as Christians. So, but this will conclude this episode of the podcast, and I hope that you will all find yourselves blessed. And if you are not saved, then I pray right now that Lord, if there's anybody listening to this podcast or even if they know somebody who is not, then I pray that that person, that lost person would be touched for you and that they would open their hearts to you and accept Christ. And it's in Jesus' name I pray this. Amen.